Good morning, Cathedral family, and Merry Christmas! I'm so excited. It is Christmas time, and this morning we have a power-packed program. We got Take Six. What? We got our toy drive, but most of all, we got our Lord Jesus Christ in the house, and whoever calls upon His name shall be saved. So get up your feet. Let's dance, shout, scream. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Here we go. Let's celebrate together. Born unto us this day, the Savior. Gifted from heaven to a manger. Yeah. We sing it together, come on. The hope of the world alive for all mankind. Everybody. All of the earth rejoice, cause it's Christmas time. and sing out his praise it's christmas born is the king rejoice in the day it's christmas make a joyful sound Cause it's christmas let his praise resound it's christmas goodwill to all the earth and peace divine Cathedral of Faith. Merry Christmas to you all. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? Well, before you're seated, wish two or three people around you a great big Merry Christmas. Well, 
Well, welcome today, all those folks out at the drive-in and the amphitheater, all those folks watching online all around the world, and right here in our main auditorium. We are so glad you're with us today, and of course, make yourself at home because this is your father's house. Well, I, I got to tell you, you picked a great day to come to Cathedral because God sent us an early Christmas present. How many like early Christmas presents? I'm telling you, they're going to bless your socks off in a minute. They're not a one-time Grammy Award-winning group, not a two-time Grammy Award-winning group. They are a 10-time Grammy Award-winning group, and they've come here to minister to you. Welcome, Take Six. All right. Yes. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Three, four. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy Oh, 
Sing that with us. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Let's sing it in harmony, tenor, alto, soprano, bass. Here we go. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Come on, let's let take six know how much we appreciate them. And I want to say special thanks to Christian Dentley, Pastor Vaughn, uh, last week and said, hey, we're going to be singing up in Napa. We'd love to come down and be with Cathedral Sunday morning. So they got up early, around five o'clock to be with us. Come on. God sends us his best. Thank you, take six. Thank you, Christian time. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. Let me just encourage you, right after service, in our lobby, we have Cathedral Faith merchandise. There's some Cathedral swag, Pastor Ken's book, make a great Christmas gift, as well as one of our church members, Minnie, she's out in front of the coffee shop. She's a great florist, and she has all the things for you to make a beautiful flower arrangement, so take advantage of that right after service. Well, a lot of big things that are happening here at Cathedral. Let me just highlight some of them. First, 
right after this service, we're going to have our big toy giveaway. We're going to be blessing over 1,300 kids with thousands of brand new toys. I want to just acknowledge our leadership. Where's Pastor Yusin Esther and, and Jessica and all of our cathedral elves? Thank you for making that possible. And God's linked us with great partners, great organizations. And one of the organizations we've been working with for over 10 years is the Chevy Classic Car Club that helps support this event. And their leadership is here this morning. Stand up. I want to just acknowledge. Robert Lathrop, the treasurer, Cindy Bunch, the co-chair, and the president, Stan Mansfield. They gave us $3,000 and through their member, over 1,200 toys were donated. Thank you so much, Chevy Classic Car Club. Wow. We appreciate you being with us and supporting with us. Amen. Well, this Tuesday is our celebration of love. I'm going to ask Pastor Jim to come out. Every year, this is an annual tradition here where we bless thousands of families with a whole grocery cart full of food, and it's happening Tuesday morning. It's a great opportunity for you to volunteer. Come out at 8 o'clock at our Reaching Out Center, check in, and if you need a voucher for a grocery cart full of food, you can sign up right after service. There's a, a kiosk in the lobby. But I just have to give a shout out to Pastor Mike and Pastor Jim. Since the pandemic hit, we didn't close our doors one day. That through reaching out, through the pandemic, we've blessed over 750,000 individuals in our community with over 64 million dollars worth of food. Way to go, Cathedral Faith. Thank you, Pastor Jim. Again, that's Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. right out here, and you'll probably want to bring some rain gear. That's all I got to say about that. And then whatever you do, don't miss Christmas Eve at Cathedral. We have two big birthday celebrations happening at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m., and then Christmas morning, it's the very first time we've ever done this, we have a TV show, say Channel 2, at 10 a.m., 10 a.m., Christmas morning, Cathedral's on Channel 2. I got to tell you, it is an amazing show that Pastor Ken and our World of Arts team if you're opening presents, set that DVR to record it and invite your friends and family to tune in. I tell you, it's a 30-minute Christmas special that will change their life and make your Christmas incredible. Amen? Well, hey, it's been a season of giving here at Cathedral Faith, not only in our campus in San Jose, but also uh, last week at our Morgan Hill campus with Pastor Gary. They blessed 100 kids with hundreds of toys. And today at our Gilroy campus as well, Pastor Kent, they're partnering with Head Start to bless 100 kids of migrant kids uh, that they're going to have all new toys. So thank you for all the ways you give. Amen? If you happen to be wondering, I'm wearing a red coat. And it's not mine. It's my dad's. And his tie. So one of the things you'd hear my dad say, he goes, anyone can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And that's really what Christmas is all about, how much God loves you and loved me just as we are, that he didn't send an angel, he sent his best, his one and only son, amen? How many are grateful that he sent us his best, that we could experience his best? So thank you to all the church family. You know, we, you always go above and beyond giving during the Christmas time. Our budget for the food giveaway, for the toy giveaway, for the TV special was $60,000. And I just want to give you a praise report. We're at $52,939.19. Amen? Again, thank you for all the ways that you give of your time, your talent, your resources. You can give digitally. Uh, through online or through the app, or you can give the old-fashioned way on your way out. The ushers will be there to serve you. But thank you so much for all the ways that you help us be a blessing to our community. And just one last bit of good news that I just have to share about one of our members of our cathedral family. He was in the first service. His name is Chudi Abraham Igwe, and he's one of our seniors at University Preparatory Academy. 
and part of our church family. And he just got the great early news that he is going to Harvard University. Amen. Woo! Well, let's hear more about Ordinary Joe. It's so great to see our cathedral family, whether you're inside, outside, watching online. Can we give it up for we've got a great family here at Cathedral of Faith. All of our family and friends that are joining us today, thank you so much. You know, during this Advent season, we've been on this journey together as we're looking at what I've called the quiet man of the Christmas story. Everybody else has a speaking part. Mary does. The wise men do, the shepherds do, even the in-laws have a speaking part, but not Joseph. And we have no recorded words of him in the Christmas story. And yet, my suggestion has been that Joseph may be quiet, but he's the strong, silent type. And one thing I've learned in life is, that, is this, you don't have to be loud in order to be strong. Of course, we live in a culture where everybody is loud. All the time, we're trying to get louder and louder on television, on radio, on social media. The louder I am, the more eyeballs I get. (laughs) I saw an example of this. There's a dad by the name of LeVar Ball, and he has two amazing sons. They're great athletes. They play professional basketball. But LeVar, you know, I I haven't heard the sons talk much, but the dad talks enough for everybody. And it seems like he's always trying to create a headline. So, for example, he was recently asked about whether Michael Jordan, the greatest player in history, um, his son plays for Michael Jordan's team, and whether it would be good for Michael to get a few tips from, uh, or his son to get a few tips from Michael Jordan. And he said, no, my son doesn't need to get tips from Michael Jordan. And he goes on to put it this way. Do you ever put milk in your refrigerator? When it expires, I hope you throw it away. When was the last time Jordan won a championship? Wow, that's brutal. Of course, he's going for the headline, and he got the headline. Can we bring up the headline? I mean, everywhere people are talking about it. In basketball, here's a pastor in church. I'm talking about it today because in our culture, there's something about the louder we are, the more eyeballs we get. Can you imagine if Joseph had had that kind of vibe, had that kind of voice? In an interview, they're interviewing Joseph and Joseph says, well, yeah, Jesus is awesome, but you know, I'm the one who put clothes on his back, gave him food to eat. I taught him everything that he knows. I set him up for success. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. Follow me at Notorious Joe on Twitter. Can you imagine? But that's not the vibe we pick up from Joseph. Instead, Joseph... Well, he's the quiet man of the Christmas story because you don't have to be loud in order to be strong. And we find his strength once again on display in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And so I invite you for the reading of the scripture. If you would stand with me, please, wherever you're at, let's stand as I read the scripture and we look at the strength we find in Joseph and how it speaks to us. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. We looked at that in the first week. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. Say that with me. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all God's people said amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And what could be better than that? God's with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. We look at that last week. And he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for all of these wonderful folks who have created a space both on-site and online to meet with you in this moment, to create space for your grace. And God, I pray that over the next few minutes that we'd hear the one thing we need to hear. There'll be lots of things said, but help us to hear the one thing that, that will inspire us, that will change us, that life can be different this week because we've met you in this moment. That's our heart, that's our desire. Start with me, oh God. And I pray this in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. And all God's people said, Amen. one more time, can we give God praise for his word? Amen. Thank you, God, for your word. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, look at somebody and remind them, God is with us. Go ahead. That's the good news of Christmas. God is with us. That is the good news of Christmas. Now, Joseph is the quiet man of the Christmas story, and we see he's the strong, silent type, and there are two ways that his strength shows up, and I want you to get your arms around both of them. The first one is this, that in his quietness, we see an audacious, bodacious, outrageous, contagious, courageous Joe. I got carried away, I'm sorry. <laughs> we read a moment ago how the angel comes to Joseph and the first thing he says is, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Do not be afraid. Why did the angel say do not be afraid? Because Joseph had plenty to be afraid of if he took Mary as his wife. Take, for example, the massive hit he would take to his reputation. You know, I'm sure that, boy, talk about a hit to your reputation. I mean, if he just walked away from Mary and he distanced himself from Mary, that would be a way that he could save face. And I'm sure that the image consultants of the day would have given him that advice. If you want to do damage control, if you want to protect your brand, Joseph, just walk away. Walk away from Mary. Because if you don't put some distance between your fiance and her pregnancy, and she's not carrying your child, boy, it's going to do damage to your brand. And who knows what other people will post online. I saw this one uh, comic, and the guy is on his uh, computer, and it says, oh, no, that's not good. Santa just unfriended me on Facebook. That's not good. I wonder who would unfriend Joseph. You know, nobody in his little hometown is going to believe their account of the story. Nobody. Is he going to get invited to those dinner parties anymore? Is he going to still have those clients that are willing to do business with him? 
He would take a massive hit to his reputation. Throughout his entire life, scandal would be hanging over his head. In fact, even after he dies, there's a little phrase in the book of Mark. They're in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. There's a group of people, they scoff at Jesus being the Messiah. And they say, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary. The son of Mary. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to you, that phrase. But in the first century, you would never refer to someone as the son of the mom. It wasn't done. Joseph was the legal father of Jesus. And so you would hear the son of Joseph, but not the son of Mary. This was an insult, a huge insult to Jesus, to Mary, and to Joseph. Joseph's dead, and his reputation is still getting hammered. So Joseph had a lot to be afraid of. But Joseph moves against his fear, and he takes Mary to be his wife, Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And Joseph demonstrates an audacious, bodacious, outrageous, contagious courage. Let me ask you a question. Let's bring it home to right here and right now. Where do you need to hear the angels speak into your life. If he showed up at your door and he was to say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to. How would he fill in the blank? Where have you been wrestling with fear? Well, this message of fear not, it saturates the Christmas story. And when the angel shows up to Mary, the first thing he says to Mary is, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Then when the angel shows up to the shepherds, he says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. In fact, this idea of, of no fear, fearing not, it not only saturates the Christmas story, it saturates the Bible. Did you know that do not be afraid is found 365 times in the Bible? That's one for every day. The, the Bible tells us, do not be afraid, more than it tells us to pray, more than it tells us to love. It tells us, don't be afraid. Why does the Bible, but the Bible make such a big deal, such a big deal about the fear issue? I believe one of the reasons is this, that fear is the number one thing that keeps you from fulfilling your purpose in life. It's the number one thing that keeps you from going after your destiny. It's the number one thing that keeps you from being who God's called you to be and doing what God has called you to do. Do you need the words of the angel today? Do not be afraid. It's interesting when uh, psychologists say that when it comes to fear, if you try to just suppress your fear, it's a little bit like trying to hold a basketball underwater. If you're in a pool and you try to hold the basketball underwater, it'll stay underwater as long as you're pushing on it. But as soon as you let go, what happens? That ball flies right up to the top and makes a splash. And the same thing happens when you try to suppress your fear. As long as you're pressing down and pressing down and pressing down, you keep it suppressed. But as soon as you let go, it comes right up to the surface and makes a splash. That's why the key to working through your fear is not suppressing it. It's surrendering it. It's saying to Jesus, yeah, amen, let's give God praise. This is really important. 
for your emotional and psychological health. It's taking your fear. It's acknowledging it. It's saying, I'm afraid. I'm very afraid. I am super afraid right now, but I'm not going to let fear have the last word in my life. I'm going to let Jesus have the last word in my life. And so I'm going to take my fear and surrender it to him. And I surrender it to him. And there's something about surrender. And when you hear Jesus speak to you, Jesus once said to his disciples, he said, it is I, do not be afraid. Quite literally, this means I am, fear not. That Jesus is the great I am. And because he is the great I am, we don't have to be afraid, amen? Put that in your spirit. I am, say that with me. I am, fear not, say that with me, fear not. Can you hear those words of Jesus speaking to you? I am, fear not. Well, I know at my stage of life, (laughs) someone once said that you can describe your journey in life, your stages in life in relationship to Santa. There's the stage where you believe in Santa Then there's a stage where you don't believe in Santa. Then there's a stage where you are Santa. And then there's a stage when you look like Santa. (laughs) And I'm starting to move into that stage. And as I've gotten a little older, I just have realized that life goes by really fast. It does. And through a lot of my life, I've had battles with anxieties and with fear, and sometimes that fear's gotten the best of me, but I have determined, you know, at this stage of life, I'm just not going to let fear have a place. That fear may show up, but I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway, because I want to be who God's called me to be and do what God has called me to do. So I'm not going to let fear have the last word in my life. You know, for example, when this opportunity came to have a television show on a local network affiliate, Channel 2, KTVU, it was very exciting, but it was also very scary because I didn't go to school to learn how to be a television producer or a television writer or a television actor. I went to school to learn how to be a pastor. But what I did know is that God had opened up this opportunity That this seemed way out of my lane, but it's not out of God's lane. And so I refused to let fear have the final word in my life. And I said, God, if this is what you're calling me to be and what you're calling me to do, I'm going to move past my fear, feel the fear, do it anyway. And by the grace of God, God gave me strength to have courage. In fact, he gave me that strength to be an audacious, bodacious outrageous, contagious, courageous, Pastor Ken, right? Hey, here we go. (laughs) What God's done for me, God can do for you. Where do you need to hear those words? Don't be afraid. Jesus is the great I am. Now that brings us to the second big idea. The second way we see the strength of Joseph demonstrated and that Joseph... Quiet Joseph is in control, Joe, and this is how we roll. Not out of control, but in control. Let's think about that for a few moments. Have you ever been out of control? I once went went snowboarding with a buddy of mine. He's sitting over here in the front row. Our sons were teenagers at the time, and they wanted to go snowboarding. And so we were game, we went up to Tahoe, and we went snowboarding, and there were three things I learned that day. One is I learned some snowboarding lingo. Hey, dude. That's gnarly. (laughs) The second thing I learned is that snowboarding is for the young. Not the young at heart, I mean literally the young. When we woke up the next day, we could barely get out of bed. But here's the third thing I learned, and this was really interesting. It surprised me. The instructor that we had, he told me that the most dangerous place on the slopes, now if 
you would have asked me, I would have said the most dangerous place on the slopes. I knew how to ski. I didn't know how to snowboard. But I would have said the Black Diamond Hill, the most difficult hill. But he said, that's not the most dangerous place. The most dangerous place is the Bunny Hill. And he said, the reason is, on that hill, nobody has control. I mean, poles are going all over the place. Skis are going all over the place. I mean, speed, people are there, no in control of their speed. And boy, without control, with everybody out of control, can you say, ouch, you're just waiting for a face plant. The most dangerous place on the hill is to be around an area where people are out of control. And I thought, how true that is in life. When it comes to our appetites, our desires, our passions. Boy, when those kinds of things are out of control. But when they're in control. You know, again, let's bring this home. As you look at your appetites, your desires, your passions, are you in charge of them? Or are they in charge of you? In Joseph, we see a man who is in control. Now, there's so many things in his life he can't control. He can't control. He can't control other people. He can't control what they think, what they say, what they do. If you think that you can control other people, can I suggest to you that you're living an illusion? In fact, I saw this one, this one lady and she said, I hate it when I plan my day and nobody follows the script. Don't you hate when that happens? Boy, have you noticed, if I've learned one thing over these last two years is that life doesn't always follow my script. And the sooner I realize that and accept it, I'm on my way to taking back my peace and taking back my joy. Amen? There's things that I just can't control. So if you're a control freak like me, it's okay just to acknowledge, surrender that to God. But Joseph, instead of focusing on what he can control or what he can't control, what he does is he focuses on what he can control. That the one thing he can control is himself. And we see self-discipline. We see self-control. We read a moment ago in Matthew chapter 1 that when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. Now, wanting to be with your wife is a good thing. Wanting to be with your wife is a proper thing. God is the one who created sex, and he created sex for marriage. But in this instance, there had to be no doubt that the child that Mary was carrying was a miracle child. I mean, why did there need to be a virgin birth after all? Well, the reason is that hundreds of years earlier, one of the prophets in the Old Testament made this declaration about the coming king. It said, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That the virgin birth, it was an extraordinary birth, and that extraordinary birth was meant to be a sign that pointed to an extraordinary child, that this was the king that the world had been waiting for. This was the king that would split history in two. And he's arrived. And so that's why there can be no mistake about this being a miracle child. And so what does Joseph do? He practices self-control. He practices abstinence. Now that's a dirty word in our culture. But Joseph, his desire is not in control of him. He is in control of his desire. Wait a second, Ken. He's in his 20s. He's got all that testosterone flowing through his body. You know, is it possible? How's he going to survive? Joseph abstains and he practices self control. He has self discipline. 
Instead of letting his desires rule him, he's in charge of his desires. So let me again ask a question. Let's bring it back home. Is there an area in your life, in your passions, in your appetites, in your desires? If we were having a cup of coffee after church and it was just you and I, and you open up a window in your soul and you say, you know, Ken, over the last couple of years, just to be real with you, boy, this area of my life, it's a little bit out of control. Because it seems to me that what this pandemic did is it took us onto the hill and it shoved us. And we can find ourselves spiraling around. And boy, before we know it, there's a face plant. You know, I saw this one a couple and, and they're talking with each other and they say, the quarantine is over, but how do we get out the door? Right? I mean, I don't know about you, but did anybody else put on that COVID-19 pounds over the last couple years? I mean, my eating was just kind of out of control a bit. Maybe for you it wasn't your eating. Maybe it was your spending. Or maybe it was your social media time. Or maybe it was your Netflix binging. Or maybe it was your drinking. Or maybe, maybe it was your anger. I saw this one study that Columbia University uh, published and it said U.S. Police Department data illustrates that there was a 10 to 27% increase in calls concerning domestic violence during COVID-19 stay-at-home orders across diverse locations in the country. What that means is our God-given emotion of anger, anger was out of control. If you've been a bit out of control over the last couple of years, the good news is Today, if you bring that lack of control to Jesus and you surrender it to Jesus, see, that's the starting point. Again, if I'm going to have to have self-control, it's going to take me more than myself. It really is. The first step in 12 steps is admitting I can't do this by myself. I can't, he can, I think I'll let him, amen. I can't, he can, and I think I'll let him. And when we surrender our desires and our passions and our appetites to Jesus, Galatians 5.1 says this. It says, plant your feet firmly, therefore, within the freedom that Christ has won for us, and do not let yourselves be caught again in the shackles of slavery. We can find genuine freedom in Jesus Christ. Can we give him praise? Amen. Genuine freedom in Jesus Christ. In just a moment, our World of Arts team is going to share with you just an amazing celebration of Christmas. But before they do, let me ask you a question. Wherever you're at, in the building, in the amphitheater, those watching, in your car, online, at one of our campuses. You know, let me ask you a question. Have you ever surrendered your life to Christ? Maybe you know about Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. Maybe you're an admirer of Jesus. You like Jesus. But you've never stepped across the line. Every journey starts with a step. You've never really stepped across the line and surrendered your life to him. Today can be your day. And before we pray, I wanted you to hear from some of the friends of our cathedral family as they've talked about how Christ has made a real difference in their life over this last couple of years. Now, their testimonies will also show up on that television show. But I wanted you at cathedral to see it first. And so hear, hear their testimony. And as you see what Jesus has done in their life, what he did for them, he can do for you. Watch the screens. Hey, Pastor Ken, first of all, I want to say, how you doing? You're a great man. You've been such an inspiration to so many people and impacted so many lives because you're following Christ. Let me tell you what Christ and Christianity means to me in these last two years. 
means that especially with what's been going on with COVID and the way that the world has been so divided and so separated, it means that Christians have to step out of their comfort zone and be bold for Christ with love and compassion. We have to realize that God is still in control. So in the last two years, I'm preaching more love, less fighting, less arguing, have great conversation, but it's all about love. Hi, to Pastor Ken in the Cathedral of Faith. This is Ruthie Bolton, all the way from McLean, Mississippi. I'm just so happy to be in this, be in your presence. For the last couple of years, of course it's been tough. There's been a lot of challenges, you know, coronavirus, doing things virtually, but I've been inspired, too inspired to be tired. I thank God for his presence. Thank God for still giving me a heartbeat. Thank him for his blessings. Thank him for using me. To whom much is given, much is required. And so he's given me much. And so when we go through challenges, we're supposed to look different. We're supposed to walk different. We're supposed to stride different. So I thank God what he's done for me in this past two years because I refuse to come out on the other side of COVID and not be a better person. Merry Christmas, Cathedral family, and to everyone else watching as well. How has Jesus made a difference in my life these last two years? Well, my buddy and I always remind each other of how important it is to have Jesus in our life anytime we're facing trials and challenges because he's the one in control and we're not facing it alone. And I think these last two years, I've had more opportunity to rely on him for that peace that he is the one leading and I'm the one that's supposed to be following and it's not the other way around. Hi everyone, Sheila E. here. Hi, Pastor Ken and Cathedral of Faith. We love you so very much. Listen, I just want to share with you personally what Christ has done for me. Uh, he has changed my life. My, I would not have a life if it wasn't for him. I surrender to him and things are just different. I see life differently. Um, I really enjoy the things that are important, which is family, which is God. Uh, I've been able to hang with my family during COVID, which is crazy because well, I'm usually on tour and um, I was able to spend quality time with them. I was able to uh, embrace them in a way that I have not done in a very long time. And I think during, during this uh, two year uh, pandemic, it just showed me a little bit more of how God moves in people's lives if we just stand still for about five minutes and listen to his still small voice. Amen. Yeah, let's give God praise for how he can make a difference, a real difference. I'm gonna invite you to bow your heads with me for a moment. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, I wanna surrender my life to Jesus. I wanna step across the line and declare that I am a follower of Jesus. If you're making that decision today, I wanna to agree with you. So wherever you're at, lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me today. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you in the back. God bless you right over here. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Up in the balcony, if you'd say, Pastor Ken, that's me, man. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You know, out in the amphitheater, you know, out in the parking lot in your car, on, if you're watching online, God sees your hand, he sees your heart. I'm gonna invite everybody to say this prayer after me. And mean it with all your heart. Everyone say it after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you. I need a Savior. I cannot save myself. And I believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And I put my faith and my trust in him. I receive Jesus as my Savior. And I make Jesus my Lord. I surrender my life to him. I put him in charge. He is the leader, and I'm the follower. Thank you, God, for loving me like you do. Thank you, God, for making me a part of your family. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you ready to celebrate? Let me ask you one more time. Are you ready to celebrate? Well, welcome our World of Arts team as they help us to celebrate Christmas with Little Drummer Boy.
Everybody stand with me. Would you let this amazing World of Arts team, and especially thank you to Joey for helping us out with all the drummers. Yeah, would you let them know how much you appreciate them helping us to celebrate. Thank you, thank you. 